Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. My name is Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by another special guest, Mr. Safari Alexander. He is the VP and Director of Healthcare Technology for Recruit Group, and they are a full service staffing and executive search firm. And so with that being said, I'm excited to have him on and learn more about what he's doing in the industry and the impact that they're trying to create. And so with that being said, Tafar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rodney. Uh, it's exciting to, to be here uh, with you. I've seen some of the cool stuff you've been doing the past year, and I want to be part of it. I want to be one of the cool kids. Uh, so I want, <laughs> I want to be a part of it. Awesome. Uh, but uh, to give you, like you said, it, you, you said it all, right? I'm an executive recruiter. Uh, 17 years at my firm, uh, Recruit Group. We were formerly known as AnswerQuest before this, uh, but we actually bought the business from my previous CEO. Um, you know, actually October 31st, Halloween will be four years. We bought the firm, rebranded as Recruit Group. Uh, I've been the VP of our healthcare technology practice for the past 14 uh, of those 17 years, uh, but we also have a retail practice uh, we also have a, a security practice, physical security, access control, cameras, that world. Uh, we also have an IT staffing uh, practice, uh, a more general staffing, not IT, but general staffing practice within my firm. I just happen to run the healthcare piece. Awesome. Awesome. And so you're running the healthcare vertical of your firm. So like, what's like the day to day for you? What, what's the typical role and responsibilities for you? It's it's wrangling cats. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. It's it's not that crazy. I wish it was some days. But uh, for the most part, as the as a practice leader, my main focus is bringing in the new business, right? So my clients are all healthcare technology companies in some shape or form, and that's kind of why I actually was doing my due diligence on you. I saw some of the cool healthcare people that you were interviewing in your other episodes, which was really cool. Um, but. So all my clients are healthcare technology companies that sell their technology to providers, hospitals, practices, et cetera, to big pharma, biotech, uh, the big top you know, 500, top 50 big pharmas, that world, both the clinical trial side and the commercial side of the business. They sell to payers, you know, the big blues, blue, you know, Blue Cross, um, Optum, United Health Group, you know, Aetna's, that whole world. And then two uh, large employers, right? You know, wellness apps, digital therapeutics apps, benefit management apps, those kinds of cool technologies to manage the healthcare of their populations. So those three or four buckets are kind of where my healthcare technology clients are. And my job is to bring those clients into the door and, and get their searches, understand their businesses and how we can find them talent. Uh, and for the most part, it's salespeople, right? Probably 85% of what I've, uh, I'm doing now uh, is salespeople. For a long time, it was 100% of what we were doing. Uh, but, you know, thank God. And just with the pandemic, especially over the past three or four years, especially recently, we've done more non-sales positions. So like, for example, last week, one of our clients, Excures, out of uh, Silicon Valley, they're in the precision medicine world, which is really hot right now. We placed a scientist with them, which is really cool. 
Uh, so we've placed epidemiologists and scientists and data analysts, you know, for one of our clients checked up out of New York, we just place an SVP of operations. Again, non-sales, right? She's going to be running everything that's non-sales within the building, uh, so to speak, the virtual building of that company. So we've been doing a lot more non-sales positions recently, but a bulk of it is sales positions. Okay, awesome. And then you mentioned you're in recruiting. And so I know just like a general, like just to be real, like a general uh, mindset of recruiters is sometimes people don't always like to communicate with them Mm-hmm. because they think they're always trying to just being sold on the next job or mm-hmm. a recruiter's mm-hmm. trying to um, cut their pay so they can maximize their compensation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've been doing this a long time and you've, I've seen how many testimonials and reviews that you have under your name and your company. So like, what are you guys doing differently and how is your approach as a recruiter different than other players in the field? Oh man, it sounds like I set you up for that. That's a great question. Uh, and honestly, what we call it internally is the recruit group difference. Recruit the recruit group difference is what we call it because we 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 like to put the candidate first, right? I always tell the cl- the candidates and the clients, I wear two hats in this in this relationship. I am my client's recruiter. There's no doubt about that. They pay my fee. I can't feed my family with their fee without their fee. But on the other side of that, the candidates, I'm their agent. I represent for them. I am going to tell their story. I'm going to be their voice out in the marketplace. So I use the sports analogy, but you know, going with the agent as you got to tell me everything, be as candid, as open, as honest with me as you can, because we have to, because in that sports analogy, if you have a bum knee, I'll still get you a max contract. But you have to tell me about the bum knee now, not after. I cannot do anything about it after or in the middle. You got to tell me early so we can figure it out. Maybe we make it incentive based. Maybe we do something up front to get you time to rehab. Again, going with the sports analogy. So the more you tell me, the more I can represent for you. And that's where, to your point, a lot of folks, uh, you know, I don't believe in recruiters. I don't want to tell them the whole thing. I don't want to tell them my compensation, blah, blah, blah. But now you've set me up to fail because I don't know enough. I can't tell your story fully. I can't fight for you to get that extra five grand if I don't know why. Right. I can't fight for you to work remote if I don't know why. Right. I can't fight for you to get that sign on bonus if you can't tell me why. So the more open and honest you can be with me, the better I can be your agent and the better I can fight for you with the client. Because again, I'm here to help you win. You get the job. They get a good candidate. I get paid. So another thing I tell candidates is no one's going to fight for you to get paid than your significant other and me because we're both going to be happy the more money you make. So I am in it for you. I am not going to unnecessarily spend my client's money just for you. I'm not going to unnecessarily spend my client's money to make me money because that's not integrity. And that's what, again, one of the recruit group difference is high, high integrity. But we can't help find that middle ground, right? If my client says, oh, it's a far, we want to pay anywhere from 90 to 110. The reality, Rodney, is the candidates only hear 110 and the client only hears 90. Mm. I got to get them to 100 in the middle. I, can, I need to get them to 107, 
right? 107, 500, right? I need to get them to any of those other numbers, right? People think like compensation only goes in intervals of $5,000, but that's not true, right? Because it all adds up at the end of the day. Um, and so I'm going to fight for you to get there, but let's all meet in the middle, right? Because that's why I stopped doing that probably, you know, 10 years ago. Canada, oh, Tafari, what's the range? Telling you the range is... is useless because you're only going to hear the high end of the range. Just like if I go into a dealership and the guy tells me the Mercedes, yeah, you know, on the high end, it's 75,000 on the low end, it's 55. I only want to pay 55. He wants me to pay 75 though. Okay. It's the same thing, right? We listen to the hot side of the, of the coin. Again, the client only wants to pay the low end. You want to get paid the high end. Can I get you guys in the middle? I'll understand why with them, why their job's exciting. What's the sizzle? What's in it for you? If you join the organization, how will you grow? How will you have fun? How will you make more money if it's a sales position kind of thing, quota, commissions, et cetera. But on your end, why are you good? What are your successes? What are your issues? What are your faults? Where are places that you need to grow? What are extra relationships and extra pieces of, of, of talent and skill set that you bring to the table that they may not know that they can bring value, right? Can you do you have, you know, partner, channel partnerships, maybe, even though you're a direct selling salesperson? Oh, interesting. You know, do you have sales acumen, even though you're an operations person? Oh, interesting. You know, do you have blah, 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 even though you're this? Wow, that's interesting. Let's talk more about that. Let's bring that out. Or even on the personal side, you know, do you have a live in, your mother-in-law lives with you and you have extra mouths to feed in your family, right? You have a a child uh, that's disabled and you have to pay for home care. So you got to tell me everything. It might be too personal for you, but again, I'm your agent. You know, we got to, we got to be close on everything for at least that six, eight weeks period, right? Maybe not the rest of your life, hopefully for the rest of your life, but at least for those six to 10 weeks, nobody should be closer to you than again, me and your significant other, because we're both fighting for you. Ah. I agree. Makes sense. So pretty much it's having that transparency and building that trust with the clients and just trying to make that relationship as personal as you can rather than just strictly business. Right. And authentic. That's why I'm a real person. Right. It's not I'm not a robot just flipping your resume into a uh, applicant tracking system, waiting for a confirmation, waiting for, hey, set up this interview. Okay, great. Okay, great. Here's the offer. Okay, great. Here's the start date. Okay, great. No, we're authentic. We're humans. We're, we're, we're real. There's ups and downs and mistakes and things left off, things forgotten, dates missed, calls too early, calls too late. We're all human. Let's be authentic in how we approach each other and we'll get there together. Because again, if you win, I win. And candidates forget that because of bad recruiters. Sometimes myself, I'm not perfect. Sometimes me early in my career, sometimes me late in my career because I'm too busy or I want to move too fast or I want to go after the bigger positions, not the smaller ones. Again, we're all not perfect, uh, but we can all be, you know, hopefully present and authentic and real uh, the entire time working with each other. And again, to me, that's what, you know, the recruit group difference is. Awesome. Awesome. And so you said most of your clients are um, other health tech companies. Mm -hmm. So my question would be like, how are you reaching these companies? How are you connecting with your audience? And yeah, so how are you doing it? Mm. What have you? My my CEO will say not well enough, (laughs) (laughs) not often enough. (laughs) Uh, But um, you know, I'm I'm relentless. Uh, So I'm a I'm a I'm a very persistent, diligent 
you know, old school, I like to pick up the phone and call people and get engaged and make an introduction and, you know, let, let our connection shine through again, be, be truly authentic in the conversation. I think people see that. Um, we, uh, I, I, and I've been around a long time, so I do get a lot of referrals, thankfully, not as much as I, I, I'd, I'd hoped. Uh, cause I always tell people, you know, having a good recruiter is one of those things. Like people don't tell the other person, right? If, like, if I had a good contractor, I would tell you, Hey, but you're Ronald in your kitchen here, here, use my guy, go have, you know, I don't need him today. Go. But I find when you have a good recruiter and it's building your business and driving you revenue, people keep that close and, and tight. It's like, no, I can send you good candidates and I can send them good candidates because the reality is. CEOs, no other CEOs, VPs of sales, no other VPs of sales, VPs of operation, no other VPs of operation. So if I've built half your team from a talent standpoint, I, I, I would want to tell other people about the recruiter you've used. Again, selfishly biased, being the recruiter that you've used, please tell other people about me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, usually um, I'm, on, I'm on LinkedIn every day. I'm connecting with people every day. I'm asking multiple questions. One of the fun parts about being an executive recruiter with my level of tenure and expertise is that if I'm talking to you as a VP of whatever, I can help you in your career or I can help you build your team within your company. All depends on what's most important to you. So probably about five years ago, I grasped that, you know, in real, oh, wow, I can help them on both things. It's not just one or the other. And that's how I was for a long time. Either you're my client and I was helping you or a prospect and I was calling you about, hey, can I work with you, for you, partner with you? Or you're a candidate. Hey, I've got a job, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized VPs are human too. VPs of sales, VPs of operations, even CEOs change jobs too. So why wouldn't I tell them about both hats that I wear anyway? Hey, Dave, Help me understand your career. Help me what, what you're doing. Oh, Tafari, I'm good. Things are happening here. We're growing. Okay, Dave, you're not moving anytime soon. No, I'm not. I'm happy. We're building something. Okay, how can I help you build that team? You mentioned your guys are growing. You mentioned you're having a really good time. Those are the two things that make for a great environment. How can I help you? So I've switched the conversation a bit. And that usually ends up growing, the, growing my business because most of my candidates know me and trust me. So it becomes an easier transition for them to be clients that know me and trust me. Mm, okay. That makes so sense. I can help them both. So every conversation is a client, depending on the situation, right? From, hey, Tafari, not me, call my boss. Oh, hey, Tafari, you know what? That's a, good, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that with you. You're usually just telling me about positions, but now I actually need two, three filled myself. Let's talk, right? So I'm, I'm turning every conversation into an opportunity to help. Okay, and, and that's how I've, it's helping. I don't want to force myself on anybody. It's about if you need me, great. If you don't, no problem. I'm I'm relentless. I've been in this 17 years. I'm not going anywhere. I'll call you again next month about something else. <laughs> Just being a valuable resource to them, like when. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in in this pandemic, it's been interesting. I've had a couple of conversations with folks. Oh, Safari, we're not hiring. We're not hiring. I get it. It's a pandemic. Nobody was hiring in March and April and, you know, early parts of May. One of the things that I've, I, I realized is, I, you know, I, I think you and I talked about it once, you know, on my LinkedIn. It just says, let's talk. It's not about pitching you anything, about selling you anything. Let's talk. You're in healthcare. I'm in healthcare. 
you'll be surprised what we can end up getting ourselves into, who I could refer you to, what piece of insight that I can bring out of the marketplace that you don't know because you don't talk to people in the marketplace. You talk to your clients who do whatever they do, right? You talk to people who work at hospitals every day. You don't talk to people who work at technology companies every day. That's what I do. Mm, okay. So I started just really, and again, maybe it was a more mental shift than I, I an eye opening in the middle of this pandemic, sitting at home by myself all the time when my family, you know, nowhere for to go for us to go. It's like, you know what, Safari? Start giving it away. Okay. Start just connecting people. Start just offering insight and opportunity. And a lot of the CEOs are just like, okay, what's in it for you? I was like, nothing. Call this guy. He could use your product or you guys can partner. You do this. They do that. It's very similar. You just said that. They're a client of mine. If they can, if you guys can work on something together, great. If not, no big deal. I'll call you in six months, five months, whatever. And we'll talk about something else. A lot of them were just like, okay. They were like shocked. I was like giving up my Rolodex, giving up my database, giving up my contacts, you know, introducing them to people for free, even though that's what I do for a living, introducing them to people. But it wasn't about a hire. It was a partnership. It was, you know, giving them some ideas to pivot their platform in the middle of the pandemic. It was giving them, you know, guidance on some of the uh, PPP loans in the beginning, you know, so all kind of anything I have, I've been just giving it away in bits and pieces. Obviously, I can't give away great candidates. I'm just not going to do that. That's again, that's my livelihood to feed my family. But if it's a connection for a partnership, it's a, you know, access to a, a, a piece, a new vertical that you are thinking about. Hey, you know, we don't do anything in payers. Okay. I know a really good guy at blah, blah, blah company. All they do is payer relationships. Maybe you guys can talk shop and learn something from each other. Oh, that's a good idea. Here you go. Here's his telephone number. Here's his LinkedIn. You guys have at it. So that's been one of the things is just kind of giving and sharing. And again, maybe I'm selfishly doing it because I think it'll come back and, you know, help me out down the road. Maybe, maybe I'm just awake and and a little bit more humble and grateful turning 41. Maybe, Uh, maybe it's just the right thing to do a little bit of all three, probably. Yeah. So it's interesting just listening to you talk like your perspective and like you've been like you said, you've been around 17 years, you're not going anywhere. But during those 17 years, like technology and the internet was not mm. nearly as powerful as it oh, is yeah. today. And so Crazy. like when, while I'm listening to you talk is like you kind of you understand how the in, the internet works to reach people, but you also understand like the nuances of it where it's like you're not using it to just cold email everyone or cold message. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. I could be copying and pasting to, you know, to my LinkedIn connections all day, every day, but there's no value in that. Right. You know, you know, do I have the patience to do one by one by one, everybody, a personal poll paragraph, like they tell you in those LinkedIn courses, I don't have the time for that. Otherwise I won't be on the phone. I'll be writing emails all day, but can I reach out to four or five specific people on, Hey, here's who I am. Check this out. Hey, here's a company I think you should talk to. Let me know if you're interested. You know, here's a topic that we're talking about in a Zoominar. Love to have you join us. I do a lot of that all the time. And like you said, you know, when I started my career, there was no LinkedIn. I was the first person in my company to use LinkedIn. 
And honestly, some of my bosses and, and people above me were like, Tafari, this is a fad. Nobody's going to sign up for this and put their resumes on there. Nobody's going to sign up for this and put their telephone number on there. Like that was the thinking mm. in a recruiting office. However long ago that was, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, literally we had that conversation in staff meetings. I'm like, trust me, guys, this is a thing. It's all professionals. You know, it, it was more IT, pure people then. It, it didn't scope out to government and healthcare and as robust as it is now. Uh, but it, it, nobody believed that it would get there. I mean, it didn't have a lot of the bells and whistles that it has now also. But I was like, I'm telling you, you can look people up and see who they are, see where they worked. You can see that guy who forgot to tell you he worked at a place for six months because he put it on LinkedIn, his fault, but it's there. He doesn't talk about it, <laughs> you know, or the guy that says, oh, he's still there. I spoke to him this morning. He got fired six months ago. He has not been there for two years. He's only been there eight months. So, you know, all those things started to evolve and then it snowballed like, a, I mean, like a wave. It hit us how the Internet would change. LinkedIn would change you know, other social sites that we've used, even the Indeeds, the Monsters, even those are in their early stages, you know, 17 years ago, 15 years ago uh, to what they are now. So it's, it's evolved crazy to what it does now with, you know, LinkedIn Recruiter and LinkedIn Sales Navigator and all the, oh my God, you can spend half your company revenue just paying LinkedIn uh, if, you <laughs> wanted, if you wanted to. Uh, so it, it's, been a, it's been a really cool place to do some stuff. Like I just got access to, LinkedIn Live. I still have no idea how to use it. I, they've sent me the instructions twice and I'm still like, okay, I got to get another platform and do all of this. I may not do it because uh, I don't know if I have anything that important to say live. Uh, but, you know, the ability to do some of the cool stuff, the polls that I'm just starting to figure out, uh, the ability to, you know, message multiple people and introduce them in the, in the, in the, in the chat section is, is interesting. Like I started doing a, uh, an introduction video when someone connects with me, I send an introduction video of right my face saying, hey, here's who we are. Here's who we here's what we do. If I can ever help you, let me know. Right. It's a little bit more sincere, a little bit more engaging. And they get to see my real face, not a picture from 10 years ago before I had three kids and two mortgages and, you know, two car payments and stressed. You know, you know, they see my real face and who I am and how I talk and literally my you know, my niece's bedroom, which is my office now in the daytime when she's at school, you know, so they get to see a little bit of who I am. And I've gotten a lot of compliments. Tafari, this is so real. This is good to see who you really are. And I was like, okay, this is a random idea that I got from another guy. Again, two people connecting with one another. He was just like, hey, man, here's some of the things I'm doing. I thought you could use this from, you know, some of my conversations we were having. I was like, awesome, man. I wouldn't even have thought of this. Again, yeah, a random so connection, just somebody. helping each other. Yeah, we were talking about just like marketing techniques and cold calling. And it, it evolved to obviously this next level of LinkedIn. And he's like, here's something I do. I was like, that's brilliant. You know, it's like saying hello live without it being live. And, you know, because so many people connect with me as a recruiter that I may never talk to, whether they're in random states that I don't do, you know, Idaho, Michigan, all these places that I don't do a lot of work because there's not a lot of healthcare there, but they connect with me and they might send me a referral. They might become a client a year from now. They might move to a big city where I can help them. You know, one of my clients might have a need. Like I just placed three people in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You think I would be able to do that without LinkedIn? 
No way. Population is 200,000 people in Sioux Falls. I've been there. It's beautiful, but there's nobody there. Uh, without LinkedIn and referrals and connections and getting to see, okay, this place has 500 employees. Okay, that means at least 20 to 30 of them are in sales. Maybe I should reach out to them and send them a message. Without that ability to do some of that, I probably could make those three hires in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Mm, okay, interesting. And so we're kind of coming up towards the end of the episode, but I want to finish with one more question. And Please. What sort of advice would you have for other industry professionals, whether it's recruiters or other staffing agencies? Like what sort of advice would you have for them when trying to go out and connect with their target audience? Great question. And again, it feels like we prepped for this. We didn't. Another thing that I've been giving away is something that I call your career map right? Which I tell candidates, and this could be used for anybody to your point to network. I say, get three columns. One, the pieces of technology that I'd like to work in and sell. Get that list of whatever they are. Think big, think creative. Make that list. Think of the companies I would like to work for or network with and come up with that list. Again, think big. Might be Amazon, might be some small 20 person startup in your backyard. There's no wrong answers. Third, think of the people, bosses, individuals I'd like to network with. And those are your three buckets. With the power of social media, right? From the things that we can connect on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, other, other avenues that I'm probably just not thinking about. You can find anybody with three or four connections to somebody else, right? The old school six degrees of, you know, separation with Kevin Bacon, right? So you can find all your old bosses. Where do they work now? Who are their bosses now to connect with and start networking with? Companies I'd like to work for. Who are positions and titles similar to yours? Titles and positions that would hire roles that you would be interested in or would handle the, the things that you were want to talk about, marketing, sales, operations, product development, blah, 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 right? The industries, right? In healthcare, you can go as new school as telehealth or old school diagnostic imaging and everything in between. Claims, processing, billing, coding, rev cycle, blah, 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 the thousands of things that make up healthcare technology. And what fits to you, again, don't get crazy on that one, because it obviously has to be something you could be qualified for in the short term if you're looking for a job per se. But have those three buckets. Sit down at a computer, get yourself a glass of wine, a beer, whatever is your pleasure, and go to work. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes a day. When the kids are in bed, your husband and wife are watching a game or blah, 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 talking to your mother-in-law, whatever husband and wives do. And you just do that. 30 minutes a day, four or five days a week you know, one hour a day on Saturday and Sunday and go attack it. And you'll see three, four, five months down the road. It's all going to start coming back to you. Hey, Tafari, I just saw you connected with me. I just saw that this buddy of mine connected with you. Hey, I just saw one of your posts. I, blah. It's all going to start trickling back because it's a big world out there, you know? And so that's what I'd say is create that. I'm calling it a career map because that's for the employed but looking for something bigger in six, seven months. So let me start now and that plan or the unemployed. And I got to attack it aggressively now 
but I keep getting niched in something. So how do I think outside of that niche? Because all your bosses went other places. All your coworkers went other places. Go get them. See what they're doing now. Right. That's what we all love. Facebook. We can all look at our ex-girlfriends from high school and see what they look like now. You know, now we can do that with old bosses on LinkedIn. Oh, what is he? Oh, he's a CEO now. He liked me. I liked him. Let me go track him down. It's easy now, you know. And then the last part I want to end with a really cool story. I spoke to a guy. He got laid off. It sucked. He was at his company for like three years. He was in channel sales. He wrote a post that was a thank you letter to all of his clients and partners that he had worked with in his time there, right? He spoke to his wife about it and she was like, oh, I don't know if you should tell people you got laid off, that looks bad. And, they, and he's like, Tafari, we went back and forth for like a week about this. And he's like, but I decided to just go for it because I had to say thank you for these folks. They let us all go on a, like on a Monday, no heads up, no nothing over the weekend. So it was just kind of cold, but I wanted to say thank you. He's like, so I wrote this thank you letter, put it on, on LinkedIn, and he's like, within a week and a half, I had over 25,000 likes. He's like, Tafari, I didn't even have 20,000 contacts, much less people that would care about this. He had, um, uh, no, I'm sorry. He had 25,000 views and like 5,000 likes. I apologize on the numbers, but still tremendous amount. 25,000 views and 5,000 likes for a guy who barely used LinkedIn. And he was like, all of a sudden, I started getting job offers. My competitors who didn't even think, I, I didn't even think they knew me, were reaching out to me. Clients from like five years ago at two companies ago were reaching back out and asking me what I was doing next. He's like, honestly, I don't even need a recruiter now because I got more opportunities than I ever thought just from this one thing. And he's like, of course I got the haters, why are you telling people you got resigned, what you got laid off? That looks bad. You know, why were you one of the, the, the people fired? People don't fire their good people, which are all myths. You know, they're all, you know, corporate America myths because good people get laid off all the time. You know, top 1% get laid off all the time. It's reality. Yeah, definitely. But that changed my view. I literally, after that conversation, I pulled up teams and told everybody in my company about that story and the power of networking and connecting and being humble and grateful and not asking for anything and being patient with it. Let it trickle in, uh, even though we might want it to happen fast, need it to happen fast. This guy was like, all of a sudden, I just started getting alerts on my phone two weeks later, three weeks later. I forgot all about it. And now I got job opportunities. If that doesn't encompass how great the internet is, networking can be, being humble and grateful can be, being authentic can be, net, the power of networking can be, I don't know what else. Mm, excellent advice to kind of end that segment on. Um, but before we actually finish the whole episode, I like to finish with a little more lighter exercise. Something oh, sure. Okay. Something I like to call the rapid fire round. So awesome. Let's do it. I'm going to ask you a list of questions and you just give me whatever answer you come up with. All right. Awesome. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time is The Four Agreements. It changed my life. I was a totally different person after reading it. I've read it twice and that's rare. I don't think I never believe people when they say, oh, I've read this book four times, but I've actually read it, read it twice. <laughs> and I gave it to my brother and I hate it because now I don't have it and I can't refer back to it because I like to highlight 
when I read to just go back on, you know, sit on the couch and read it for a couple of minutes. Uh, so it, I, it's changed my life Four agreements. Awesome. Number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? Um, you got to say mom, right? I was raised by a single mom. So I, 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 I life lessons of her building a business and being an entrepreneur and feeding uh, our family, uh, my, myself and my brother uh, is it from a personal standpoint. Uh, my old boss, uh, Paul Selitsky, I got to give him a shout out as well. Uh, he's taught me so much from saving money to being a business person, to how to buy a house, how to create long-term wealth for my family, uh, you know, without being independently wealthy. So the two of them uh, are people that uh, I probably quote both of them once a day. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? This, oof. In 2020, that's a lot. Just survive in 2020, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, uh, I mean, I, I, oh, that's a big one. I don't know. Because we only have like a couple months left. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, from a business standpoint, it's it's I mean, honestly, from a business standpoint, to be kind of sobering is get back to some of the numbers that we were we were going after in our in our business that we had a good we had a good pace going through February and it all fell off a cliff. In, in March and April. So to get back to that kind of pace would be fantastic. Um, uh, a good vacation with my family to end the year uh, would also be fantastic, right? Because everybody's stressed. We all know somebody that's passed away. We all know somebody that's been laid off because of this COVID. So to just spend quality time with family at the end of it uh, in a safe place would be pretty cool to do too. Awesome. And then last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? I asked that question on my podcast too, and <laughs> no one ever knows the answer because it's such a daunting uh, thing. Um, a combination of stop being afraid of everything as much as a type A personality as I am and a salesperson cold calling people every day. <laughs> now I was scared of everything at 20 years old, um, rejection and failure and opportunity and everything. I was a scaredy cat. Um, Start saving your money early, for sure. Um, um, and probably get some financial literacy earlier, right? Because I just figured out what the stock market was like five years ago, right? I just, I just figured out what a high-yield savings account was like six months ago, right? So, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out the, you know, the meaning of private equity and venture capital, uh, as a consumer, not just as, you know, they work with my clients. So that financial literacy, maybe find that out earlier, take a little bit more risk, stop being afraid, start saving my money uh, a little earlier and um, go more places, have more fun and take a little, you know, go on some more adventures earlier on. Uh, my wife started teaching me that, but I didn't meet her till I was like 25, 26. So I missed out on some cool things before that. Ah, okay. <laughs> Excellent piece of advice though, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to end today's episode. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, I just want to thank you again, man, for just jumping on and kind of sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and kind of your perspective on the industry and how you're going about playing your role and um, really the power of people really in relationships yeah. and connecting with people and um, focusing on the relationship rather than mm -hmm. the money and all that business stuff. The, the money will always come. 
I mean, any person, it's, that sounds jaded. That sounds like, oh, that sounds like the guy with has money. Money always comes. It does. If you do all the right things, it always does. The relationships, those don't always come. Those don't always last unless you do them right. You do the relationships right, the money will come. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that ends today's episode. That's all. That was fantastic. Uh, Rodney, that was open. That was candid. I uh, hope I didn't drone on too long. Uh, and, and I hope somebody listens to it and finds a little bit of value. Yeah, definitely. Well, for the people who aren't more interested, where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more about you? Perfect. Um, uh, Tafari at recruit GRP, my email, my number 954-278-8310. Check out our website, recruitgroup.com. We'll be posting our new podcast, uh, Rant with Recruit Group, there starting on Monday. I don't even know what the date is on Monday. I want to say it's the 19th from today. Uh, the 19th, we'll start posting our podcast there. Um, but you can always check me on LinkedIn. Like I said, I'm on there six, seven hours a day. So feel free to connect uh, and let's start to network and share together. Awesome, awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one.